The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The past couple of weeks have given me uh, the joy and the privilege to be able to listen to the ways in which many people have encountered the Lord Jesus in their life and deepened in their faith. I started two weeks ago with uh, Catholic High Senior Retreat, uh, where we were able to spend three days uh, in prayer and reflection uh, and community with the Lord but especially being able to listen to some of the adults and the ways that the Lord had worked in their life, had drawn them uh, to himself, given the gift of faith, and to be able to see the same within the students. This past week, I was on the, uh, the March for Life, the Youth March for Life to D.C. Uh, we had nine buses of kids from the Baton Rouge Diocese, six kids from our own parish, uh, who attended um, this incredible, incredible gathering for simply one reason, namely, to increase within our hearts as well as within the hearts of everyone in our country, the greater respect for human life. One of the things that I particularly enjoy about that latter trip is that we make it an intentional point to be able to have various vocations present so that the kids can see all the vocations in the life of the church. We have young college students who are discerning their vocation, still trying to, to learn the things of God and, and feel their way through to their own personal discernment. We have adults who are there, young adults uh, who are present, uh, married and unmarried. Uh, oftentimes we have families, uh, families, husband and wives that will come with us on the trip. Uh, each bus this year had uh, typically two seminarians and two religious sisters. Uh, our bus for a while was blessed to have four religious sisters, which uh, was a special, uh, a special gift to us. So we had two different sisters from two separate communities to share their vocation with us as well. And each of the buses uh, to also have a priest to be able to indicate uh, and to, to show that particular vocation as well. And while each of us have all of us our different stories, the Lord calls us to different ways, to different things. The one thing that was a common refrain both on the senior retreat as well as on the March for Life trip was this echo of... When we were willing to let the Lord move, he moved. Until that point, we kind of stayed in our place. We did what was comfortable to us. We did our will. We did our plans. We had our, our intentions, all of these kinds of things. And oftentimes, it's, it's normal for us. We keep, we keep up a life of faith. 
But we don't exactly let the Lord be the king of it. Many of the voices that are heard was an echo of something to the effect of, I went to church on Sunday, I, I, did, I did what I needed to do, but I still kind of kept the Lord at arm's length a little bit. I wasn't ready for what I, what I believed the Lord was calling me to. And that didn't mean just specifically religious life or priesthood or anything in the effect. It was namely a willingness to give more to Christ, to give all of us to Christ. But the overwhelming thing was how many times and how many different voices I heard the simple reality is when I gave the Lord the opportunity, he showed up. And that's the thing that we hear this weekend in the readings. When we allow the Lord to be in our hearts, he doesn't wait. <laughs> he comes without hate, with, with haste, without delay. And he comes there to fill us with his peace. That's what we see in the first reading from the prophet Jonah. We know the story of Jonah mostly because we know the story of Jonah and the whale. Uh, that fascinating and odd story that we have contained in the Old Testament. But we know that the, kind of the, the background that we have the abbreviated form of today is that Jonah was called by God to go and to preach to Nineveh. To go and preach repentance. First within his heart and then within the heart of the community that he was sent And Jonah, knowing that the Lord would do it, knowing that the Lord would provide his grace, didn't want to. And so he said no. He didn't want to open his heart to the Lord. He didn't want the Lord to do those things. He wanted justice to be given to the people of Nineveh, not mercy. And so he said no. And rather than going to land on the east to Nineveh, he went to the sea on the west. And there... The Lord ultimately brought it about that he was tossed off the boat, swallowed up by a fish, and whether he liked it or not, coughed up on the shore of Nineveh. And it was then, and only then, that he said, okay, that the Lord began to do his work. First, within his heart, to be able to allow him to go forth and to preach this word of mercy and repentance But then secondly, we see it in the people of Nineveh, Nineveh, of how we're told that the city was so huge that it was a three days journey. It took you three days walking to get from one side to the other of the city. And yet not even one day was finished before the whole city was in sackcloth and ashes, offering penance to the Lord, repenting for their sins. Jonah believed and he went to work. The people believed And everything within their city changed. It changed quickly and dramatically, in fact. One of the verses that was cut out is the description of how even the cows in the city were in sackcloth and ashes, fasting from food and water for three days. Even the cows, y'all. That's the work of the Lord. And all it took was a willingness to say, Have your way, Lord. Do as you wish. I've followed, but not given everything. I give you all. We see that in the gospel too, of how Jesus comes to these four blessed apostles, Andrew and Peter, James and John, and he calls them to himself. And they follow. But it's important for us too to recognize that this wasn't the first time that these four men had met Jesus. 
We don't know how many times it was, but we know there was at least one previous encounter. Because it was Andrew who was with John the Baptist. When John was baptizing in the Jordan and, and, and you know, enlivening his ministry of repentance and the call to all to prepare the way for the Lord, it was at that moment that, and, that Andrew was told by John as Christ walked by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And at that point, Andrew went, he got his brother Peter, and they began to go and to listen to Christ. They spent the day with him. They gave him some of their time, but they didn't follow completely. They didn't remain there. They went back to their work. They gave the Lord a part of themselves, but not all. But then, on another day, the Lord passed by and he said, Come after me, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. You catch fish in great abundance, and God be praised, it feeds people. But the greater food is not the things of our flesh, but the things of the Spirit. I want to make you fishers of men. And they dropped their nets. They left their boats. They left their family. They left their friends. And they followed Christ. In that moment, that willingness to say, everything is yours, Lord. And the Lord showed up. The call is to us the same. He knows every one of us by name. He created us in our mother's wombs. He knows us in our joys and he knows us in our sorrows. He knows us at the best point we've ever been in our life and he knows us at our worst. And the simple fact is no matter which point he sees us, he loves us the same. Because he created us. He rejoices in us. He delights in us. And the things that he longs for most is for us simply to say, do with me as you wish, Lord. I come to do your will. Teach me your ways. To give everything to Christ. This is the call. To be willing to open up the door, even just a crack, is enough. The smallest of chances that we give to the Lord, He will be present to us. It doesn't mean that it always happens in radical fashion. It doesn't mean that we instantaneously go from, from you know, whatever our life is to, to you know, perfect sanctity where we're floating in the clouds and we have mystical prayer. and We just have no sin whatsoever in our life. If that was the case, I'm a little upset because the Lord hasn't done that with me yet. <laughs> the reality is if we come and we let the Lord work he will work if we open up the door of our hearts just a crack he comes in the work then begins more often than not slow tiresome boring but beautiful fruitful and holy This week we'll celebrate the Feast of St. Paul, the conversion of St. Paul. And we often think of St. Paul who got knocked off his horse. He had this dramatic reaction to whenever he was knocked off the horse by the Lord. And the Lord comes and he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you killing my members of my body? Why are you killing the church? 
And we see that within a few days' time, Saul, who becomes Paul, the apostle, has a dramatic conversion. And we think that he immediately goes out and begins to evangelize the world, but we forget that there's a 10-year gap where he simply went and continued in his life of prayer. That daily journey with the Lord of becoming purified more and more and more in preparation for the mission that would later come. It was a long time before he actually went out and began to preach, as we would later understand it. But the Lord showed up. Saul was willing to go. And he began that normal process of conversion of heart. To go to Holy Mass. To spend time in prayer. To study the scriptures. To be part of the Christian community. To love others as Christ has loved us. And in doing those things, his heart was converted. Gradually, over time, he became a persecutor of the church, moved to one of the greatest apostles the church has ever seen. Because of the door that was open in his heart. Today we celebrate Respect Life Sunday. The Sunday in which we have its uh, closest to the the anniversary of the legalization of abortion in our culture with the decisions of Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton uh, back in 1973. And when we think of respect for life, oftentimes we think of just abortion. But the thing is, respect for life goes far, far beyond just abortion. There's oftentimes within our heart an unwillingness to respect others, to love others. We see this in Jonah today. As he comes and he says, no, those people are bad. I don't want them to experience the mercy of God. I don't want them to change. There's a hardness of his own heart towards them. He refuses to spread the good news, to allow the love of God to pour through him to them. He didn't respect life. One of the things that I'm continually struck by each year as we go for the March for Life in Washington, D.C., is the march usually has between 300 and 400,000 people who are gathered there. And it's not all just young Catholic kids. It's people of every stripe. There are people there who are evangelicals for life. There are the Lutherans for life. The Muslims for life. I saw one sign that said, atheist, feminist, pro-life. Didn't even believe in God, still honored life. And that's the call for us. Is in recognizing that in this huge crowd of people, we were not all the same. But in a sense, we were. We have different political beliefs, different, different lives that we lead, different religious beliefs, different ways in which we worship or don't, as the case may be. But in the end, the simple call, the simple reality of every single one of us is that we were created by God. Whether we know it or not, whether we believe it or not, whether we live it by not, we were created by God in his image and his likeness. And as such, we deserve to be honored. And that's what respect for life is. It can be easy for us sometimes to look at a person 
or a group of people. And to be able to say, I don't want them to experience the blessings of God like I do. We won't put it that way because that makes us feel bad. (laughs) We wouldn't say it that way because that's harsh. But whether we say it that way or not, sometimes that's the intention. It could be in a whole variety of ways. It could be political parties. It can be particular race or religions. It can be a way in which one looks at another person and judges them not by who they are and who in whose image they've been made, but by what they've done. Our world today is driven by practicality and pragmatism. What can you do for me? What can I do for myself? We see all around our culture a place where a person who has Down syndrome is deemed by large numbers of members of society no longer worthy of living. One country in our world has boasted that they've all but, all but defeated Down syndrome in their country. And it's because they abort every child with Down syndrome that they find. They haven't actually done anything. They just keep killing people. And the simple reality is that that's one simple aspect. A lack of respect for life. They're not valuable to us. Therefore, why should we honor them? And not just those kinds of attributes. It could be simply in the way of the way in which we've lived our lives. How often we say that we respect life, that we are pro-life, but if when someone has done something serious enough, we, just think, we believe that they deserve to die, and we will delight in their justice. Just like Jonah, we say, mercy, not for them. No. That's too much, God. You've seen what they've done, right? Mercy is too much. I want justice. It's the reason we delight in so many of these things. Because in our brokenness, we struggle to respect life. We struggle to respect other people, to see them as Christ sees them. Because by virtue of our sinfulness, we struggle to see. We struggle to see clearly with the eyes of Christ. And this is our problem. And this is where the Lord calls us today, in this moment. We've all, heard, we've all heard the voice of Christ call to us. We've all responded to some degree to his invitation. That's why we're here. But he continues to call us even further. One of the testimonies that I heard from a gentleman this week was a man who had lived the faith for over 50 years. 50 years he'd been a regular attendee at Holy Mass. And yet, this week, something in him clicked. And he saw the Lord with new eyes. And he understood that respect life was far larger definition than he was ever willing to give to it. And he changed. And the Lord invites us to do the same. Regardless of any characteristic by which we might describe another person, the simple fact is, They were created by God, loved into existence, blessed with gifts, and also blessed with weaknesses. And the Lord reminds us that we have been loved, 
The Lord has called us to repentance. And he calls everyone else. To turn our hearts from the blindness that tends to keep us from loving others. And simply to gaze upon Christ where our eyes could be healed. He calls us by name, you and me both, to come. To see every single person as a brother or sister in the Lord. The Muslim for life, the atheist feminist for life, whoever it is, to see them as Christ sees them, to love them, to honor them, to cherish them, to respect them, and to call them to come to know Christ along with us. So we ask the grace of the Lord to be with us today. As we come to offer this Holy Mass, we pray that the Lord would continue to pour out in dramatic fashion the grace that is His by virtue of the Eucharist, which we come to receive. We pray that we might have the courage to open up the door of our hearts a little bit more today in this time of prayer. That the Lord might continue the work that He has begun to make us fruitful in His sight. That He might be able to gain many more brothers and sisters all around us to come to know His love his mercy and his peace.